Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Good evening, wherever you are in the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler, and this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B's Media Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. If you have any questions or comments in my co-host our special guest on these programs you can send your emails to my new email address butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com or you can give me a call to Steve B's Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405 now again this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ and if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area please feel free to contact us now folks Enjoy the show that we got coming on tonight. This is a special edition. Every fourth Tuesday of the month, we have my co-host, the Kelly Fletcher. She serves with the Livingstone Church of Christ in Indianapolis, Indiana. So enjoy your listening experience. Enjoy the show. This is Terry Jackson, and you're listening to a talk with my sisters on What a Word from the Lord radio show. Good evening, everyone. You are listening to A Talk With My Sisters, also known as The Kelly Fletcher Show, on CBB Media Productions with a Word from the Lord radio show. I'm your co-host, Kelly Fletcher, and I am a member of the Livingstone Church of Christ in Indianapolis, Indiana. Should you have any questions during tonight's show, please send an email to butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. So the discussion for this evening is financial wellness. Our special guest for tonight is Vonda Granger from Kingsley Terrace Church of Christ in Indianapolis and Nicole Tate. Thank you both so much for being here this evening. Uh, Before we get started, can you please introduce yourselves and share a little bit about your background? Vonda, if you want to start first. Okay, that sounds good. Well, Kelly, thank you so much, first of all, for having Nicole and I on your show. We're very excited. We're always excited to be able to talk about financial wellness. Uh, So thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, But as Kelly said, my name is Vonda, and um, I live here in Indianapolis, Indiana. But my background is actually in wellness, but it's actually on the uh, the health side of wellness. Um, I'm an occupational therapist as well. I've practiced about 32 years. Um, also a health and wellness coach, but I actually came over to the field of financial wellness because it actually goes along. We're holistic, and what I found was when people weren't physically well or, or, or yeah, when they weren't physically well, a lot of that had to do with the fact that they weren't financially well. So this is okay. a holistic holistic approach, and so this is a side that I've come over into, the financial side, uh, to be more holistic with everyone. Nice. Thank you so much. Nicole, can you introduce yourself, please? Yeah, and I just I want to echo Vonda and say thank you very much for having us on the show. Um, definitely looking forward to this. It's something that I really enjoy talking about, so I, I'm grateful for the opportunity. 
Um, I am also, I'm actually just outside of Indianapolis, but in the Indianapolis area, um, I am a certified financial planner, which is the highest designation in the financial services industry. I have been working with private clients, helping them navigate financial decisions and retirement planning for about 11 years. Um, I'm licensed to handle all aspects, so investments, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, all of that stuff, as well as implementing what I call risk control strategies, so life insurance, long-term care, disability, that sort of thing. Um, My overriding philosophy, Kelly, is really to empower people to be able to understand and implement actions and strategies that really help them control as much of their own finances as possible. Um, I think that's super important. Vonda and I connected and um, hit it off, and so, yeah, it's been a great team. Nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you both so much for being here. I know I plan to take notes, and I'll probably listen to the show again <laughs> just to make sure I get more information. Um, so we'll go ahead and, and just kind of jump right in. So, um, Nicole, um, if you could please, can you tell us what is financial wellness and what are the benefits of it? Question, and I think financial financial wellness really comes down to being, again, being able to control and manage your financial health and well-being. I think that people... I know that people in this country don't get any real financial education, and we're all learning from what our parents do or what mm-hmm. people that we know and we're close to do, and they didn't learn from anybody different. So sometimes bad habits or things that, that just they don't know roll from right. one generation to the next. Um, and, and Fonda mentioned this, but I think it's really important. It's it, a person is stressed out about money all the time, it's very right. difficult to be healthy in any other part of their life. And that, yes, that makes sense. So I'll, uh, with that being said, um, Vonda, would you uh, like to elaborate on, on that? Yeah, I mean, I obviously agree with uh, what Nicole said. And, and basically, I mean, financial wellness is a state of being. And Mm -hmm. that state of being is, you know, we want to have peace of mind that lets us enjoy life. And if we're stressed out and worried about, you know, one decision or the the next as far as finances, we can't even enjoy the life that we have. So it's really about holistic approach, but it's definitely about that state of mind where you feel secure and you feel like you have control or have some control. You know, you're not constantly worried about things left and right. I know there's a lot of uncertainties in the world, you know, right now, gas and the price of food and homes and cars. But if we are prepared, it gives us a state of being where we don't have to be fearful. So I think it's a right. state of mind, state of being. Okay. Okay. So I I like to Google. <laughs> I, I go out there a lot of times and I – search for my information, and I know there are books and websites that will give you three steps and seven steps and ten steps to financial freedom. So, Vonda, what do you think is the best approach to to gain this type of freedom, or is it possible? 
I do think it's possible, and Nicole and I talked about this question a lot. And honestly, you know, I think everybody is looking for a step, a one, two, three, or an instant um, answer to solve this kind of a problem. And I think what supersedes the steps is the process, it's the procedure. It's a life Mm -hmm. principle. You have to understand the whole process in general, then you take steps. Because if you just take steps, you don't even know where you're going. You have to know what do I want? Where am I trying to go? What steps are there to take? So I think if you have an understanding of, of where you're trying to go, what it is you want, most people know basically what they want. But once you have that mm-hmm. understanding, then you can start learning how to move in that direction. And it's not a one, two, three. You know, life, I think, is like a spaghetti bowl. You're going to try some things, <laughs> what have you. Uh, it's not a straight line. But I think if you get an understanding about how money works, then you can understand the steps. Um, even from a Christian perspective, Nicole and I were talking about this, you know, mm-hmm. even in the scriptures it talks about in everything you do, get an understanding, you know, Proverbs 4, 7. So it's, right. a, it's a principle. You know, you want to seek wisdom so that you know where you're, where, how to go where you're trying to go. You know, and people lack the knowledge. And, and even, again, Hosea 4, 6 indicates my people die due to a lack of knowledge. Well, so that's you have right. To, you have to learn, and then it will direct your steps. You'll, you'll know better which way you should go. That makes sense. Um, Nicole, would you like to add anything to that? Um, yeah, I, I do. I think that one of the biggest issues that we have is that people don't understand how money works. They don't understand the the process of finance and banking and how we are we are essentially set up by these financial institutions to be indebted mm-hmm. to them. And it is a form of bondage that is, frankly, it's kind of terrifying if you think about it because people get into a cycle unwillingly and sometimes unwittingly where they're just on this gerbil wheel of of trying to pay off debt and trying to get ahead, and they can't get ahead because they can't get the debt paid off. And if we can take a step back and understand how these institutions work, and how mm-hmm. we can begin to control some of that process, then you can begin to take those steps to release that bondage and really find freedom in your financial world. When you said that, uh, <laughs> talked about the gerbil wheel, it reminded, <laughs> it made me think of those payday loans mm-hmm. and how it seems like it's, it's, I mean, you get one and, and you want it, just for a short time, you just need to pay something, but then that interest on it, and so you're paying back more, then you got to get another one out because you paid too much, and it's mm-hmm. like a never-ending cycle. I, mm-hmm. I mean, and I know I've, I've been there, and mm-hmm. I was like, if Lord, if I get out of this, I will not get another payday loan. <laughs> so Yeah, um, I think about sometimes, um, you know, here many years ago, when I first got married, you know, we didn't make a whole lot of money. We had a young family, and we were just trying to make ends meet like everybody else, just get ahead. And back in those days, you could go to the grocery store on Thursday 
and write a check mm-hmm. and know that it wasn't going to clear the bank until you got paid on Friday. You know? <laughs> right. The world doesn't exist anymore. And so these payday lenders, like you, you know, mentioned, and other things like that popped up because, you know, they can present easy money to people, but it, it really ensnares them in the same Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, so, Fonda, what practices should we implement to prefer, to improve ourselves financially? That's a that's a very good question. Um, some of the you know one of the first thing the basic thing is to use a budget. You know, and I know people don't like to hear that word or it brings up negative <laughs> thoughts about a budget. But a budget in general is, doesn't have to be something negative in general. I think a budget really is something to look at as how do I budget for the things that I want out of life versus right. what are the things that, you know, I have to make a budget so I, I can't do this, I can't do that, I have to save this, I can't spend it. Instead, looking at it, it's a perspective. I want to set a budget mm-hmm. or create some kind of pathway, some kind of way that I can create and get the things that I need and want. So I think it's a mindset. So definitely mm-hmm. using a budget number. You have to improve your financial literacy. I mean, that if you don't have that kind of like Nicole was saying, you know, there's just things that we didn't grow up with, you know, in, right. in order to not continue that circle, you've got to increase your financial literacy. It doesn't mean you have to be the expert, but you attach yourself to an expert, you know, learn mm-hmm. some things. Um, Start engaging early. This is something if we can teach our children, um, young people. I know I have my niece even talking with us, um, Nicole mm-hmm. mainly because she's my niece, so she needs to talk to Nicole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Starting early, you know, so that they, they, they learn that habit and they get into that habit and they do that. And that's how you kind of change the generational situation too. You start early. Um, being aware of how you spend money. You know, yeah. automate your savings, build your savings, plan for major purposes, uh, handle credit with care. You know, there are many things that you can do, but I think if you definitely improve your financial literacy and if you, like I said, get with someone who can assist you in that area, that can help you learn, not just do things for you, but the more you understand, the better it is. So that's Absolutely. what I like Okay. Yeah, I think Vonda and, yeah. and I are both on that same page that um, it really is our goal to empower people to be able to, to do some of these things on their own, not to depend on somebody else to come in and tell them how to spend their money or where to spend their money, but helping them understand mm-hmm. and, and be able to implement strategies so that they can make decisions without having to depend on somebody else you know, anytime you're depending on somebody else to do something for you, there's there's some sort of string attached. Right, and it's right. not always bad, but if you can do things yourself and if you can empower yourself, then, then it just provides more um, more flexibility and more, uh, you know, more control. Right. Okay. Um what are what are some things that people do or or that we do being in a state where we can meet our current and future financial obligations? Oh, that's a big one. 
Um, I, I'm going to jump in here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, and I'm sorry. I, yes. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. Um, I think one of the biggest things that we see today is that is there's little delayed gratification, and Our society has made it seem like you should be able to have everything now. Right now. And it's right this second. And it's really hard sometimes to stand here and say, oh, they have this. They have the car. They have a vacation. They have a house. Whatever whatever it is, you see what everybody else has. And, you know, on the surface, it looks like they've got it all. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that a lot of times when I meet with those people, it looks like on the surface they have it all, and underneath it's crumbling. It's it, There's nothing mm. there. And yeah. so, you know, beginning to go, okay, I need to live for today, but I also need to live for tomorrow. I, I need to be judicious and responsible with my money and mm-hmm. not worry about what everybody else has. Right. So easily said and so difficult to do sometimes. It takes, <laughs> right. You know, yeah. being financially well takes time, it takes mm-hmm. discipline, and it takes money. And if you don't have all three of those things, it's very difficult to, re- to achieve financial wellness. Agree. Yeah. Fonda? I, you know, I would like to say, too, uh, this is something, of course, Nicole and I have been talking about as well, but understanding, I think people don't understand that uh, the value of money. Um, mm-hmm. Money does have value, and if you're not manage, managing it well, well, when you just spend your money, it's gone. So it really does take away from your ability to build on that money and make it grow later if it's just gone. And, you know, like if you put your money in a bank, a bank knows what to do. They know how to manage the money because they know the value of money. You know, as a right. matter of fact, when you put your money in there, you can you can get a loan, but they're going to charge you interest, and, you know, they charge you interest for your own money because mm-hmm. they understand mm-hmm. the value of money, and they know how to manage it. So I think as we, again, it kind of goes back to knowledge and learning and understanding understanding the value of money and how to manage that. Okay. And that's what, as you guys are talking, that that keeps coming on my mind, education, education, understanding. So that's really helpful. And I apologize, I think I cut someone off. No, no, I was just going to say one of the things that Vonda and I have talked about too is if you want to see what, how people, how institutions, but I guess more people, how they build wealth or how they become financially well, look at what those people do and see what you can emulate in your own life because there are, mm-hmm. they do understand the value of money. Wealthy people understand the value of money and they understand what what institutions are doing to build their own money. And some of those processes we can implement on a very small scale. It doesn't mean that we're all going to be millionaires, but we don't have to be millionaires, right? Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 
So I think we have time for one more question before we go to the break. Um, and this one may carry over uh, to after the break, but we'll get started. So I know that many uh, people um, are one paycheck away uh, from losing control of their finances. So what can be done to gain control? And, and we may have already touched on this uh, over the day-to-day finances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I would say, um, yeah, we have kind of touched on this, but um goes back to creating and living within that budget um, that we talked about, learning about it, and understanding that budget doesn't have to be a, a negative word. Um, mm-hmm. But understanding what, you know, definitely one, what one is. And I would say, you know, hey, you know, we talk about or we hear people saying you should pay yourself first which, you know, the government understands that very well because there's some money that's mm-hmm. going to come out before right. you even see <laughs> So I think that right. principle works well. You know, have something set up where a certain amount of money automatically comes out so that you don't even see that coming out. You don't feel it. It's just coming out. And, and it doesn't have to be a huge amount, but something that's coming out. Um, I think it makes a huge, uh, I think it makes a huge difference. Yeah. So that's even if you're you don't make that much an hour. Mm-hmm. Say for example, um, you know you have someone that is maybe making eleven, twelve dollars an hour, and they may not even be working a, a full forty-hour week. So they can still um, maybe take a little bit out of each check, or or have it taken out where they won't see it or maybe feel it, you think? Yeah, I think that that it can be really, really challenging when you're talking about people that are really, um, truly they're trying to make ends meet on not a lot of money. And some of those people have, have children. And so, you know, there's lots of different things that are pulling at them trying to, um, trying to, take their money, you know, like they've got rent, yeah. they've got groceries, they've got gas, and, and all of that stuff is going up, and so it makes it more and more challenging. Right, right. And, you know, those are, sometimes those are really individual situations. I, mm-hmm. I just think that there's a level True. of saying you may have to find another way to bring some additional dollars in. But sometimes yeah. we have people that are, that have some ability, but they are afraid or embarrassed to say, hey, look where I'm at right now, and they're afraid or embarrassed to ask for help. And I sometimes will say it's like going to the doctor and taking all your clothes off. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, know, you don't really want <laughs> yeah. to do that. But we we have seen lots and lots and lots of things, and, and there is no judgment from Vonda or I when we are working mm-hmm. with people, no judgment, because we have uh, we both had our own share of mistakes that we've made. Our goal is really to yeah. help people find little ways that they can start getting ahead, a little bit at a time. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that kind of speaks to the, uh, I know I had a little scenario that I wanted to share with you guys, um, but what I'll do, I'll just kind of hold on to that. And um, I'll ask Brother Stevie if we can go ahead and go to break. And then we'll come back and we'll uh, go on and move on to another question. Thank you both so much for the information you've given us so far. 
Archer, and you're listening to A Talk with My Sister. 
day. On What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Peace and love. Welcome back to our show. Uh, this is Kelly Fletcher with uh, the Kelly Fletcher Show, and we're talking to Vonda Granger and Nicole Tate on financial wellness. So they've given some really good information so far, so hopefully our listeners are taking notes. If not, then there will be a recording of the show uh, that will be posted on Facebook later this evening. Um, so... Uh, to get back into our questions, um, I've read that you shouldn't pay off your credit cards and close your accounts because it impacts your credit score. But what if I don't want to use my credit card anymore? Is you know what is the best option for me? Is it best to pay off the balance and just keep it open and let it sit, Vonda? Yeah, um, yeah. You definitely don't want it. There's a good way to use credit cards, and you know, and obviously, a, a not so good way to use credit cards. Yeah, you don't want to cancel them. Um, you you definitely don't want to cancel those because the credit bureau looks at that um, as your 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 amount of credit being reduced. So it's a negative on your credit score. Um, you should just pay off your credit cards, and there's a strategy. I mean, if you're going to use credit cards, use them wisely, you know, pay them off. I know that sometimes you can, you know, build your credit by charging something but then paying it off at the end of the month and keeping that cycle going. So that would help, you know, with your credit score versus, you know, canceling your cards. Um, but but credit cards are not the devil. You know, it's there. It's just yeah. how you use them. You know, it's not right. that. It's, it's how we use them and, and understanding them. But I would not. You don't want to cancel your credit card. And uh, Nicole may have more to say on that. Um, okay. Um, thank you, Nicole. Did you have any uh, any additional information for us? Yeah, I was just going to say it. It seems so counterintuitive, but if you pay off the credit card and close it, it it really is a hit on your credit score. And so my advice to people is always pay them off. Don't use them really if you don't need them. So a a lot of people will put things on there that they, you know, gas or groceries and then pay it off at the end of the month. And I think that's fine. But if you, if, if you are just, you don't want to use the card because maybe you know that it's difficult to control spending with the credit card then just mm-hmm. cut it up and put it away. You don't have to have the physical card. Just don't call the company and, and cancel the card. Okay. Okay. So we're going to um, kind of switch a little bit and, and talk about uh, savings and retirement goals. Mm-hmm. Um, what is um, you all's recommendation toward savings and retirement? Is there like a certain percentage or a certain amount that should be saved or contributed to a savings account or a retirement? And I Nicole? love this question. Yeah, I, just, <laughs> okay. I love this question because it is probably 85% of the people that we work with ask that question, how much should we be saving? And I think it's kind of interesting because there, it's, there's always this split between how much should I save now and how much should I save for retirement. And mm-hmm. I would ask, why does it have to be one or the other? 
We need both. Yeah, Yeah. we need money now. We need money to live now, and we need money in retirement. And so Mm -hmm. why not implement a strategy that will allow you to responsibly use money today, pay yourself back, and have that money for later for other things that you Mm -hmm. may need later and eventually for retirement. Right, right. So what I mean by that, Kelly, is a lot of times we will have people that put money into retirement plans, 401Ks primarily, Mm -hmm. but they'll put lots of money in their retirement plan, and then they'll, you know, they don't have access to it because they it's a retirement plan. And so then they'll go out and get a credit card and charge up things that they need on the credit card when they have money in the retirement plan if they could just get to it and use it. And so that's one of the things that we try to help people understand is let's not isolate your money into places where you can't get to it. Let's make sure that you can have control of your money and use it responsibly so that you can continue to pay yourself and use that same money, those same dollars, over and over and over again as you build towards retirement. Right, right. Um. And before I go to Vonda, I was going to say, I I know I've had conversations where um, individuals felt like, you know, I I don't know if I'm going to make it to retirement and I need my money now. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going (laughs) to go ahead. I'm not, I'm not going to contribute to it. Um, I'm just, I'm just going to take care of what I need to take care of right now. And And that's a really good point too. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the, the retirement plan was implemented to try to encourage people to, to plan for retirement, but they mm-hmm. have to live today. And if they have a retirement plan and they have to withdraw that money early, then they get penalized and they get taxed. And it, then so now we're on the gerbil wheel. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Vonda? Yeah, no, I was just, I mean, Nicole said that very well. We've talked about that often. We talk about a lot, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there there doesn't have to be one or the other. And as a matter of fact, you can actually set your system up, your own financial system or your financing system, so that you can take care of both. But people just don't know that they can do that. So there's oftentimes yeah. you don't have to choose between both. Right. And I I. I have- uh, got in the habit of, or where I ended up just setting up like a certain amount. So I have my 401k, but then I have a certain amount that comes out of my check. And mm-hmm. I, I don't see it. And it's like it was mentioned earlier. You, you don't, I don't see it and I don't miss it. Right. So uh, ho- hopefully one of these days I can increase it. <laughs> um. <laughs> So let's see. Um, so another thing that I've heard parents say that once their children or their child turns 18, um, then they're, they're going to be on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, the children leave home with minimal to no money. They have no knowledge of how to, how to be self-sufficient uh, financially. And maybe the parents aren't able to teach them because they're not financially well either. So in these situations, what can be done for the child 
to ensure that they are educated about financial wellness? What guidance is available to them? Yeah, well, I will say, you know, when you say what is available for for the child, I think obviously a child is a child, and and parents may not have learned this type of of information themselves, but information is out there, and we we live in a world of information. So I think it's more Mm -hmm. about parents seeking, even for themselves, uh, what they can do better. And, And Nicole mentioned earlier about looking at other people that have done well and understanding, mm-hmm. you know, talking with them, getting expanding your circle. Who do you know that is doing well? Um, talking to them, asking what they do, um, getting with a planner. Find somebody that you can trust and that is willing to help educate you, not just give you answers and say, here's what you should do, that helps educate right. you. And I would say you can then invite the children in that process or then you can begin to have those kind of conversations at home because kids learn, you know, in, in the home. Um, but you mm-hmm. parents don't have to be the ones that teach them. It's like if, you know, kids go to college. I'm not, I, if I have a child, I'm not going to teach them the college courses because it's out of my wheelhouse. Um, right, but I know right. where they can go. So I think it's yeah. about seeking where you can go because there is information out there. Um, and right. learning that and, and introducing your children to that. You know what I mean? Right, right. Agreed. Nicole, did you have anything additional to add? No, I think Vonda put it very well. I think uh, it is really seeking the information. And you said early on conversation that you're a person that likes to Google and boy, you yeah. find everything on Google, right? <laughs> and, and so yes, it's ma'am. just taking, yeah, it's just taking those steps, little steps, and saying, okay, I don't know this, but I want my, you know, we all want our children to be in a better position than we were in. We want more for our kids than what we have for ourselves. And so, um, taking those steps to educate ourselves and then to educate the children as well. It's amazing to me that we can teach our kids to cook for themselves or, you know, clean up their 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 own bedrooms or, you know, I mean, they learn to drive at 16. And we right. think driving is not that difficult, but it is difficult when you're first learning how to drive. And yet right. we don't teach them we don't teach them anything really about finances. And, right. um, yeah, so I, I think seeking that knowledge and then seeking it for both yourself and your children is super important. Okay. I, okay. I think it's important to have somebody that is, that's willing to educate you, um, whoever you yeah. get with. Even, you know, you can send your kids back to driving school, but if, you know, they're just going to tell them, do this, do that, do that. You know, you want somebody who's going to take the time to teach you. So look seek until you find that good fit of who's out there and who's willing to take take that extra time with you to educate you. I think that that's so important. The education right. is just huge. Yes, 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 for sure. So do you, do you guys think that uh, it's a good idea for parents to save money for their children in preparation for when they move out on their own? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, yeah, Vonda and I had a very, very long discussion around this topic. Yeah. <laughs> because I think this really becomes a generational uh, 
conversation. I think it is important to save money for your children, but like like other things and like Vonda just mentioned, it's not just about saving money and then giving it to them. It's about right. teaching them the value of that, teaching them how to use it, teaching them what what they need to do to value that money and make sure that that money grows and, and is used for wise things. So it's a, it really is a generational thought process. From okay. My parents did not teach me anything about money. Mm-hmm, and, yeah. you know, when I look back now and I think about um, what my parents' financial life was like, it was pretty mm-hmm. chaotic because okay. they probably, yeah. you know, they came from Depression-era parents, and, and they didn't learn how to handle money either. They just, right, you know, right. my mom just wanted to save everything. My dad just wanted to spend everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I have to say this, too. Um, if you think about it, if your parents are saving money to just merely give it to a child when they're 18, that's money down the drain because you're giving someone something that they don't even know how to value and how to grow. So a lot of times kids will blow through the money because you, you've worked hard. Mm-hmm. You, you put time and energy and work into that, but now you've just given it to a person who doesn't know what to do with it. So they will do right. most often things that are not prudent with the money so it's kind of in vain. It's better to really teach them. If you, and there's nothing wrong with saving money and giving that to a child for college or what have you. But yeah. if you haven't given them the understanding of how to use it and how to leverage it and grow it, then it's not, I, I think it's more in vain. Yeah. And then, yeah, that makes sense. So I know that, um, Nicole, you had mentioned uh, your financial planner, and 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 Vonda, um, you're into the financial wellness as, as well. So, um, are there any books or courses that you can recommend, or do you recommend? Um, do you prefer people to maybe uh, seek out a financial planner, or? is to prep themselves first and then maybe seek out a financial planner. Yeah, I think there are definitely books that I would recommend that people read, and I'll I'll list some of those off in just a moment. But one of the things that I see holding people back from seeking advice is thinking that they don't have enough and that, People, you know, a financial planner will not, will either charge them a lot of money that they don't have Mm -hmm. or don't feel like they have, or that a financial planner just simply won't have a conversation with them because they don't have enough to, to be a, you know, to, to get attention from them. And I would just say there are lots and lots and lots of financial planners, and there are definitely some that are going to say, I need clients to have a minimum of, you know, whatever, X number of dollars. But there are also a lot of people out there that will sit down and help those who really want help and who are genuinely interested in making some changes in their life so that they can 
take a step forward and get ahead. Vonda and I don't put any sort of parameters on people. Um, mm-hmm. There are some people that we can we can help quicker and faster and more than others, and there are some people, like she mentioned her niece, so we sit down right. and we talk about things like a budget, and, and we're taking baby steps to start. So yeah. seek somebody that you feel comfortable and connect, and connect with and find somebody that's going to pay attention to you because just because you don't have a ton of money doesn't mean that your money isn't important. It's very important. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So then, Vonda, you know, did just you... around books, I'm sorry, Kelly. No, I'm sorry. I cut you off. I apologize. No, no, Go it's ahead, okay. I, I was <laughs> just going to say a, a couple of the books that I would recommend that people just sort of dive into. Um, mm-hmm. One of them is called What Would the Rockefellers Do? And that is a, mm-hmm. a book really around generational legacy wealth. It's very, it's an easy read. Um, the author makes a comparison between the Vanderbilts and the Rockefellers, who were both very wealthy families that came mm-hmm. about, you know, around the same time, and how the Rockefellers really did educate their their heirs on what to do and how to do it with money, and the Vanderbilts did not. And, you know, it's an easy mm-hmm. question, but guess who has money today and guess who doesn't? <laughs> You still, you know, the Rockefellers are are very, very wealthy, and the Vanderbilt really yeah. don't have anything. So it's a right. very good book. It's an easy read. Um, there's another book that I really like uh, called Becoming Your Own Banker, and it has mm-hmm. a lot to do with this conversation around how do we control the financing aspect of our lives. Um, and then the other book, um, that I like, and I know I'm going to steal this from Vonda because I know she's going to listen to this too, <laughs> is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that may be one of the one of the books that people just pick up and, and start with because it's very down to earth and it's um, it really will grab some people and go, oh, yeah, there's more out there. Okay. I have made notes of all three. <laughs> And I want you to know the ones that are kind of on my quest of me just me starting out in this whole in the whole venture and wanting to be financially well, adding to my holistic mm-hmm. approach. Um, right. I started listening to Robert Kiyosaki, and if anyone knows him, he is the author of Rich Dad Poor Dad, very mm-hmm. famous book. And I would I listened to that um, at the time I was doing uh, therapy and I was uh, treating patients doing home care, and so I was driving. Um, all day, you know, driving to each patient's house. And I would constantly, in between my visits, driving house to house, I would just self-educate. And I listened to his podcast and his shows, and I learned authors. I would I would pull over on the side of the road and write down books that they mentioned. Then I would get those books. I listened consistently. Sometimes I would listen to the same broadcast over and over because Initially, mm-hmm. they were talking over my head. I couldn't even understand. The first time, I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm in trouble. I couldn't even understand the first <laughs> 10 minutes of what they were saying. So I listened to it again. And then over time, mm-hmm. I started to understand. So I think you have to do those type of things. You have to have that type of desire and do that. But I would recommend mm-hmm. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I read that book okay. years ago, and that started me. It helped me truly understand money. Okay. And then I read... Cash, rich, uh, cash Flow Quadrant by 
Robert Kiyosaki as well to another one of his books. Um, there is a game. Can, can you say that name again? Yeah, the title. Like the, first one, the first, the first one is Rich Dad Poor Dad. Mhm. And the second one is uh, Rich Dad. I think it's Rich Dad Poor Dad Cash Flow Quadrant, or it just might be Cash Flow Quadrant. It's by the same okay. author, Robert Kiyosaki. And that one is very good because now he's breaking down um, the quadrants of money, like business owners, small business owners, and just how money works and uh, what employees' money looks like. And it's it's very good. Then there's a game. There's the Rich Dad, Poor Dad game. And that's really nice because that's something you could play with the kids. There's even a kid's version. Okay. Um, And it it really helps you. You're just playing the game of money. And it's like Monopoly. Except you're, and so you're learning about money. Um, there is a kids' version of that game as well. That's something fun adults could do as well. Um, and, and for me, it's really just all about mindset. Everything starts with a mindset, you know. So as a man thinks, so he is. And everything right. starts with a mindset. I just read, reread, and it only took me an hour. It's a very quick read. It's an entertaining mm-hmm. book. It's called Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson. Okay. And it's it's less than 100 pages, but it's about a mindset. I recommend everybody read that. Um, okay. And then another one um, is Think and Grow Rich. I'm rereading that one. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah, I'm rereading that one now, Nicole. You can be proud of me, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. And then I like, I like Nicole said, just get, get a mentor, get, you know, Talk to planners. Find somebody who you connect with and who is willing to educate you because there are different levels of planners and in, in how they function. So you have to find who works with you well, who you right. connect with. Right, right. Well, I know I definitely plan on getting the Rich Dad, Poor Dad and the game because my little cousin Peyton, Oh yeah. She loves to play yeah, she loves playing Monopoly and every time we get together, Kelly, can we play Monopoly? So Absolutely. I plan to get that so we can play that game. Nicole, yes. she's nine years old. Yeah. <laughs> the the cash flow I think it's cash flow for teens. It's the kids version of that game. Um Okay. You'll enjoy that. And it it one of the little things in there is it talks about doodads. So doodads being the things you either have assets or you have doodads. And so okay. it really begins to bring awareness to kids that are they spending their money on things that are assets or are they spending their money on things that are just, you know, the, the money's just gone. So it's not creating any value, any asset for you down the road. It's, a, it's a really good. Right. You guys will have fun with that. Okay. I I have made notes of all of these books. (laughs) So um, before we close, is there anything um, that you guys would like to add, uh, information that you would like to uh, provide? Cole, I'll I'll start with you, and then we can finish with Vonda. Um, I I would just say that if people want to just reach out and have a conversation, I am happy to do that. I can be reached. The okay. easiest way is probably by cell phone, um, okay. and that number three one seven four zero three four one four eight, or by email. And mm-hmm. that email address is n t 
Tate, and that's T as in Tom, A-T-E, at oneindianafinancial.com, and one is spelled out O-N-E. Um, I will have a conversation with anybody. There's no charge to do that. I'm happy to just help people figure out, is this this where I need to be? Are there things that I should be doing? What can I be doing? And Vonda and I um, work very well together. Um, And, again, it's just it's our goal to really empower people to to learn about finances and how they work and help them take control of that. Right, right. Thank you so much. And Vonda? Yeah, the same thing. Um, Like Nicole said, I I can be reached at One Indiana Financial Group as well. We we work well together as a team. Uh, We see lots of clients um, together as a team. Um, my phone mm-hmm. number where you can reach me is 317-652-7531. Okay. Or the email is V is in Victory Granger, G-R-A-N-G-E-R, at oneindianafinancial.com. Okay. Well, thank, thank you, ladies, so much. I, I really enjoyed the conversation um, like I said, I've I've taken my notes, and uh, you guys will probably be hearing from me soon. <laughs> so, awesome. yeah, yeah, thank yeah you so for much. sure. I really appreciate the opportunity, and hope that your audience, your listeners, have found some value in this. And um, yeah, just thank you. Yes, indeed. Yeah, thank you so much. So, um. Before we close, I just I want to thank the Lord for another conversation on a very beneficial topic. Uh, again, thanks to Nicole and Vonda for the information and their insight on financial wellness. Um, I want to thank Brother Stevie for uh, this platform to discuss another needful topic. Prayerfully, it will be helpful to our listeners uh, as it was for me. Uh, should you have any questions or comments for our guests, please inbox me on Facebook or send an email to atalkwmsisters at gmail.com. I'll be sure to forward your questions and your comments to Vonda and Nicole. Again, thank you so much, and I will turn it over to Brother Stevie. This is Terry Jackson, and you're listening to A Talk With My Sisters on What a Word from the Lord radio show.
Listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Oh, 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 oh. I'm going home. 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 I'm